Blog Talk Radio. I'm Susie Byler with Transcending the Matrix, and you are listening to Journey into the Light Radio. Welcome back to Transcending the Matrix. This is episode three about trust. I'm here with Rob, and uh, if you don't know us yet, I'm Susie Byler. I am a channel for the divine as well as a spiritual teacher and guide, and Rob? I, well, I do some interesting things. (laughs) I um, help people understand what the matrix is, how it works, and how we can ascend it uh, using uh, both physical principles and spiritual principles together. I I guess in short, I blend the spiritual and the law together. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. Great. So today we're talking about trust. Why don't you give us the definition? Okay. So uh, trust in short... um, I think first I'll give the purpose and then I'll give the definition. Okay. So the trust, uh, a trust, we've all heard about it, but it's so confusing to us. What is a trust? Um, <laughs> it's basically the idea is to split a title. So a title is a receipt. It's ownership. So if you have a trust set up, what you're doing is any property that you put in the trust, you as a beneficiary or a creator of the trust own that naturally, which is called equitable title. The trustees own that legally. So they are actually the legal owners that deal with all the legalities of the property for your benefit. And there is great, great benefits to that. So the idea of a trust and the definition of a trust would be, simply put in my own terms, would be um, a mechanism that holds property for the benefit of someone else. Right. So let's do a quick example. So if I give you uh, a pack of pencils, for my son, Evan, and I say, okay, I need you to hold these pencils, Susie, for Evan, and when Evan becomes of age where he understands how to use these pencils, you're to give him one a day, you know, as needed to, uh, to um, do homework, let's say. You say, okay, I accept that, and I will hold these pencils. But I say, but Susie, but you can't use those, you can't sell those pencils and make money off them for yourself. You can't do that. But you can sell those pencils if you want to get more pencils or to benefit Evan in some way. Okay, so now I've just made her a trustee and we have a trust relationship. She's holding property of mine for the benefit of someone else. Okay, now the property could be held for your benefit too. So that's basically the definition of a trust um, and the example of a trust. That's all it really is. The problem is when we get into the details, like there's... uh, there's so many different kinds of trusts. That's what everybody says. There's so many different kinds, and there is. So it's really important to know which kind is going to work best for you and how that setup is done. Um, so I'll so for, for those of us who are uh, new to this understanding, are the kinds of trusts that you suggest, is it kind of the same for all of us light workers, or does it depend upon our situation, you would suggest a different kind of trust for different kinds of situations? There are different trusts for different situations. Um, However, the one that I suggest is strictly for uh, business to protect all of your assets, not strictly for for business 
it's used for business and is best used to do business. Commerce. Commerce. Um, and protect all of your private personal assets as well. It's, the trust that I recommend is used by the elite bankers of the world, the, the most rich and powerful. They use this very same trust, which is why you can't find it in an attorney's office. You can't have an attorney write one because they just don't understand it and they don't know how. Not to offend any attorneys if they're watching, but unfortunately they're just not taught this. And attorneys aren't taught equity. You know, They may be taught um, statutory equity, but true exclusive equity is not something they're very versed in. And then it's, you know, part of that control thing we spoke about in, in another show. Um, so, Can yeah. you share with us the different kinds of trust? Um, well, there's many different kinds of trust. There's grantor trust where you're granting uh, something into the trust. There's a creator trust, which you're the creator of the trust, and you're exchanging something into it. There is a private business trust, which is the one that I recommend. Uh, there's statutory trust where everything applies to statute. Um, they have different names, but the functions are all the same. Trust law is trust law is trust law. The definition or how they're defining or naming the trust is really just telling you what that trust is about. So, for instance, I have a private business trust. It's private, which means no uh, public entity has the right to see it, and it is in place to do business, essentially. And it could also be called a contract trust, which means it's a contract before it's a trust. So there's all these moving parts. Um, so those are some of the different kinds of trusts. Okay. Uh, there is a lot of them, yes, but we're only concerned with private business trust, contract trust. Okay. How easy or complicated is it to set one of these up? Um, I mean, if you know your stuff, it's not that difficult. <laughs> but for someone to try to pen one of these without having done any research or anything, it's very hard. I had someone... Uh, set my trust up. Well, it's not my trust. It's the trust up that, that's used for my benefit. I did not write that trust. Um, at this point, I'm probably versed enough to do that, but I needed the tools at the time, so I went to someone that I trust. <laughs> um, and just so you know, this type of trust is also called a common law trust. A lot of people have heard that, or a Massachusetts trust. So there are different names, but they have the same, same purpose. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't suggest anybody try to pen a trust unless they really know what they're doing. And a contract business trust is a different animal than most of these other trusts you'll see out there. Where do we find someone? How do we find someone to set up a trust like this? You know, I um, was fortunate enough to have Creator send me someone that, that did this. Uh, it, not very easy And you paid a bunch find. of money to do it. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it cost me $2,500, mm -hmm. which is a drop in the bucket compared to, I've seen uh, statutory trust done for $10,000 that I would crumble up and throw in the fire because <laughs> there, I'm like, I can't believe you paid this amount of money for this thing, you know. Wow. So, yeah, um, finding someone's going to be not so easy for this particular trust, although we will be offering them. Okay. Um, at my website, which will be truthandtrust.org. Beautiful. Uh, we're not there yet. We're setting up the site now. It's going to be a little bit in the future. Uh, but what we're doing there is we're teaching people how to operate trust, not just selling you a trust. Because if you don't know how to operate it, you don't understand it, it's just paper. It's not going to do anything for you. Yeah. So our thing is to educate you on how to do that. And our trusts do not get registered. We don't go to the state and register it as a fictional entity. Uh, there's no law that says you have to. The reason being, anything you register with the state, you just 
gave to the state. So you just gave away your property. Like we talked about last time when yeah. your parents gave you over to the state when you were born. At birth, because they registered you. Yeah. They re you register your car, you know, your if you're a hunter or whatever, guns, you know, uh, fishing, everything that you license a permit, the house, everything that you register, you've literally given the state interest in. That's why they can apply all their codes and statutes to it. So where the trust comes in then is you get the ownership and put it in the trust. Right. And I don't know if private. I said that correctly. You did, absolutely. Okay. The ownership goes over to the trust. So the trust owns it legally, but you own it equitably, which means the trustees can't run off with your property because that's a huge, huge no-no, and they will be sued, and it's hands down in court. It's a no-brainer. If they do, it, it's not even a trial or anything. It's just like, yep. You know. And that's not much trust, is it? That's not much trust. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that's really what you want to do, and that's the purpose of the trust is to give it the property um, for someone else's benefit or okay. yours. Really. Give us some other examples how we might use a trust in our everyday lives for purchases. Yeah, absolutely. In everyday life, I mean, a trust can be used to set up businesses that the trust then owns. And uh, it helps with taxes, okay, which seriously reduces the liability of taxes. It can be used to protect your home, to have, you, you can have your home in the trust name. You can purchase a car in the trust name. You, does, does something have to be a certain value to put it in the trust? It does so not. You could put a $5 something roller in the trust. Anything, that's right. Okay. And if it doesn't have a fair market value, like let's say a home has a fair market value, you can go into the market, you look for what the home is, and you would exchange it in the trust for that value. But if it doesn't have a marketable value, then guess who gets to set the value? You do. Because you're the king. You're the king. Or the queen. Or the queen, yeah. <laughs> so that's the beauty of it. And um, anything can go in the trust. It's up to you. Now, there's differences in trust. Like I said, some, tr some trust. You can put an entire business in a trust. You can put, a, the, the trust can own business, yes. Okay. Absolutely. Now, the trust can be another trustee for another trust. You can have sub-trusts of the trust. This is how... What would be the purpose of that? Well, because let's say you have a piece of property um, that you want protected. And if you had all of the property in one trust and a legality did occur and a lawsuit, let's say, happened, mm -hmm. and they, whoever it was bringing the suit against you attacked the trust property, all of that property... Okay is now susceptible. Okay. But if you have a trust underneath that trust and it's only responsible for that one piece of property, if they attack that, that's the only thing that's going to get affected, not anything else. So this is what the elite do. Absolutely. And this is why it's been so hard to touch them. Mm -hmm. And the, the owners of these large corporations are not the CEOs and presidents. The owners right. of these large corporations are the trusts. So what happens is, if you notice, like Enron and all that, one of these big wigs, they get brought into this federal court, they make a big show, and yeah, we're here for the people, this is not right, blah, 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 blah. and they go to sentence them or give them their fine or whatever, and the CEO or whoever resigns. He has no liability anymore. He's like out. The people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everybody thinks it's all good, but right. the guy resigns, so he's got no personal liability. The assets that that company generated and moved to the trust are untouchable so the public never sees that because it's in a private trust yeah. and it we can't all, be public it's against the law for it to be public absolutely and the only thing they may have done is find them on their public books of the money of the public books of the corporation but none of the profit that went to the trust because they're funneling the profit back into the trust you never see that because it's private and so they make a big show of it Everybody goes, yeah we're justified now 
They know how this works. Yeah. So what we're doing is, yeah, we're just taking the tools that they use and we're applying them the same way with one slight difference. We are applying them to benefit humanity where they're applying them to benefit themselves. Remember the love. Remember, we talked about last episode that all of the stuff that we're talking about, nothing of it is worth any value without the love. Right. So because of our hearts, because of what we are, you know, doing with creating heaven on earth, we're bringing the love into the matrix. And that's the difference Absolutely. in how we're using all of this. And, and my hope is, not even my hope, but my intention is to get enough people to understand how this works so we can begin to create a free society, free community yeah. that functions trust to trust to trust to even corporations. You know, Truth and Trust uh, is, the, you know, I mentioned the website. That's an incorporation. I incorporated that. That incorporation, again, protects me and everything else in the trust because it's just the front man, all right? But it's there to do good for humanity. I'm not using it to benefit and profit like, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, in other words, a lot of these companies, the profit goes back to a particular family. Yes, it would go back into my trust, but the type of person that I am, my intention <laughs> is to use right. that to keep creating more and more for the public, for my humanity, yeah. yeah, brothers and sisters of humanity. Both family here on this planet. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so um, one of the things you mentioned was this privacy thing. Mm-hmm. Um, talk to us about how we, how that's relevant for us, how we would use that, you know, that example of getting pulled <laughs> over by the cop. Because <laughs> it happens to all of us, right? We yeah. all want to know how to handle that situation. How Absolutely. do we use a trust? to help us navigate that situation. Okay, so there's a whole thing with public and private, and that's called jurisdiction, and we'll get into that, uh, I think, in a later, yeah, in the next episode. Okay, so you wanna keep things private, so the trust is private. Now, if I take this piece of property we explained in the last episode, which is a birth entity that's created at birth, it's just a piece of property. I claim that back lawfully, and I stick that property into a trust, it had that property birth entity carries my name. So whenever an agency or a corporation comes at me, they're coming at the social security number entity, right? This entity is tied to an account. So if the I straw man. the straw man, yeah. So if I give the straw man and his account over to this trust, I won't own it anymore. So if some, and it becomes private. And it becomes private because it's in a private trust. It's not registered with the state and they legally own it. So if, if someone's trying to come at me to sign some paperwork for the trust, I'm sorry. I cannot give you any information to the straw man. I can't sign for it. I'm not allowed until I check with the trustees who are managing the property to see if it's okay. So if you're asking me to give you information about this name, I can't do that by law. I'm under contract. You're asking me to breach a contract. So- are you saying if you're pulled over by the cop in that example that you can't give your license and registration or you just can't confirm that you're actually the person listed on the license? Right, exactly. I could Break say, it down for us. yeah, I could say, well, here's the license and registration to an entity, yes. You know, I mean, that's, in reality, I'm probably never even going to do this because yeah. if it's just a simple ticket, I don't speed, I don't drink and drive, I'm not a crazy driver. Yeah. You know, however, if I had to, Here's the yes. Here's Just the stuff. Just an example. Right. Here's the here's the uh, license registration, but uh, you know, unfortunately, I can't give you any information on that because that's not me, and someone else owns that. Well, what do you mean? Well, I'm sorry, I can't talk about that. It's private. Well, let me ask you questions. Uh, you know, whatever their questions might be, I my answer is no. I'm sorry, that's private. I can't give you any information. Next, well, I'm sorry, I can't give you any information. Private. It's private. Sorry. Next. We are so used to being afraid and giving them information that the only way a case 
can be or a claim can be brought against you is if you give them the information for them to create a claim. Yeah. That's why they're always asking you questions. Yeah. But there's no law that says you have to give them information. There's a law for them that says they must ask you, but there's no law that says I have to supply that information. Okay. On the other hand, in the spirit of working with the system, mm -hmm. working with them, you know, not the againstness and all of that stuff. Right. What is a good approach in that situation? Just to, to give them the information? Well, it all depends on what they're trying to do. So, in other words, if it were just a simple traffic stop, sure, here's my information, see where they're going with it. If they gave me a ticket, fine, I'll accept the ticket, I'll take it back. My trustees and the trust, we know how to handle that commercially. Mm -hmm. There's a process to how you would handle that. But I don't want any beef with the officer because he doesn't know right. any of this stuff, he or she. And they're trained to look for aggression and quickly get on you and beat you up. Now, right. if you're being kind and respectful and they're asking you to step out of the car, now we have to draw the line because I'm sorry, I can't do that. My safety is at risk. Uh, you have no interest in anything that I'm doing, um, so I'm sorry. No, has a crime been committed? You know, have I broken the law? Has a crime been committed? You know, am I under arrest? No. Okay. So then, as a woman, if that would happen to me, not that I'm creating that or drawing that in in any way, shape, or right. form, um, would I, you know? Call 911 and say, this is what's happening, and, you know, can you get back up out here? What I would do is ask to speak to the superior officer. Mm -hmm. I'd say, I need to speak to your superior, please. Could you please get your superior before we proceed? Okay. You know, and if they refuse, you know, please, I need to get your superior here. And ultimately, if they keep refusing and they're going to arrest you for something, just let it be and cooperate, but do not consent. I don't consent to any of it. You know, you have to do what you have to do, but I don't consent to okay, any of so it. So make sure you verbally say that. Yes, and never sign and never give your name as its name. Your so name. If, so if an officer hands you a ticket, can you say, I'm sorry, I can't accept that. I don't consent to this. Yeah, you, you could, but you're probably going to stir up some stuff because they've yeah. been taught that people who assert their rights and sovereignty are terrorists and cop killers. Okay. So you want to avoid this that. This is important to understand. Yeah. And this is why we talk about working with the system instead of trying to fight against it. Right. Because of the mindset and mentality, because of how they've been trained. Mm -hmm. So there is a lot to be said for going with it. And then because you have your foundation of records and paperwork already set up, then you can go back to that and deal with it on the back end after it yeah. happens. Ne the key rules are never sign, never give information. So don't sign anything. I don't care what it is. You know, I had a guy that was in jail that I know they tried to arrest him for a DUI, he wouldn't give him a name or information. Now, they held him for 30 days, but they let him go with no charges, nothing. And then now when they pull him over, they let him go immediately. They let him go because they know they're not getting the signature, the contract for, for them, because you have to contract for them to arrest you. That's all they're doing. Is they're trying to contract. You have to contract with them to get a ticket. So when you get a ticket, that's a contract offer. And it is a contract in paper form. So what we do with them, again, we'll accept them, oh, thank you, have a nice day, and we'll send them back with special verbiage on it written across it that says, I do not consent to the terms and conditions of the contract, yada, yada, yada. We get a notary. We send it under notary presentment, three-day right of rescission on the contract. I hereby rescind the contract. We send it back. Okay. And then they, you know, throw us a letter back that says, we're going to arrest you. I hereby refuse your offer to contract. Thank you very much. <laughs> and we send it right back because it's just another contract offer. Yeah. You know? So there are ways to handle it, yeah. And this um, is the, what, the first episode where we talked about fear and control systems. This is exactly that 
you know, in exercised form where yeah. they're, you know, trying to intimidate with control of fear. Mm-hmm. And you just have to know what to say. And uh, smile. And smile. <laughs> and be friendly. Yeah. Be, so knowledge, being knowledgeable and friendly and understanding how that interaction is happening in the moment when you're in the moment is key. And, and just relax. Yeah, and from the standpoint of love, you know, the officers standing outside your car door, you have love for that being. Yeah. So, like, one of my practices is just to, like, send that person love, you know, any circumstance. I'm just talking about an officer, but just emanate and ooze love, and that dissolves so much. It's amazing. Absolutely. And soon we'll get to the point with what I'm working on to where, you know, we will have recognized jurisdiction and status where it will be, oh, oh, you belong with that. Okay, have a nice day. And we're going to talk about that next time. Yeah, that's where I'm headed. Good, okay. (laughs) So let's talk about the spiritual principles underneath this trust idea, Mm -hmm. our inherent value and worth. Mm -hmm. This is all about your value and worth because until you know that within yourself and who you are, how can you actually apply that in physicality? So once you begin to embody that value, that worth, that I am the king and this officer or the queen and this (laughs) officer or servant is coming up to me and needs assistance, you know, you'll not, you won't really be able to, to manifest and to, you know, create abundance without knowing your own value. So how, Rob, how would you say to someone, like, how would you get someone to understand their value or worth? Um, well, with some of these topics that we've discussed, you know, is, is in the physical world, um, but just knowing who you are, as we discussed before, you know, how can you not be valuable when you have life energy? Because life energy is the only thing that is of value. It's not gold. It's not silver. They're just pieces of metal that someone said, this has That's value. And everybody else believed it and went with it. So they go, oh, this is worth something. Right? I can give you my underwear and tell you that. That's worth something. That's valuable. Right? So, and essentially, that's what we're doing is we are now saying what has value is my life energy and how I translate that to you, be it a piece of paper, a piece of metal. However, that's my determination, not yours. You know? And here's why it's valuable. Because I'm going to go out into the world and I'm going to create something that's going to help humanity and the world grow. That's value. But I can't do that without life energy because I'm dead. I totally, I hear everything you're saying. I appreciate (laughs) your perspective. And the thing that I see with a lot of white white workers, light workers, is that they're not truly understanding their value. They're not truly owning it. They're not truly feeling their worth. Mm -hmm. And what I say to them is, you know, this is a journey that you have to go on. I cannot project value and worth into you. I can't convince you of your value and worth. That's something you have to discover for yourself. Absolutely. I had to go on. It is a journey. It's a journey you had to go on. Um, But what I do like to say is give this perspective, because it does help some people, that billions of souls trying to come to this planet, because this is a very unique experience, as we know, Mm -hmm. billions and billions of souls want to be here. Well, how many souls have actually made it in human form? seven to eight billion so far mm-hmm. at this time. So the fact that you have made it here <laughs> already means that you're valuable because as Rob said, you have the life force, you have source energy running through you if you allow it. You have, you know, 
being alive, you have to have at least some level of life flowing through you. And that life is valuable. That life energy, that source energy, your source flowing through you, that is valuable. Yes. And that's really, as we become empowered, what we want to learn to harness and master and channel and use for our creation. Mm -hmm. If it wasn't valuable, someone wouldn't be trying to get you to assign that to them at birth. Right? It's that simple. <laughs> I think about that. I mean, <laughs> that, I really love that point because why else would they be trying to take control over it if it didn't have value? I mean, in the end, you know, after they've taken your house, after they've repossessed your car, after they've, you know, all of that, what's left? You, your That's life it. force, your energy. And after they've taken away the physical possessions, you know, then they work on the energy. Mm -hmm. Or or before or, they've taken... Or at the same time. Or at the same time. Because that's working yes. that energy, right? That's, yes. You know, trying to knock it so down. So our job, our role really is to learn how to be with our energy, to learn how to master it, to learn how to be centered with it, to learn how to, you know, express it in love. All of these things, that's our role. That's why we're here on the planet. And Absolutely. that is one of the most powerful things we can do every moment, every day. Yep. Yeah. Agreed. <sighs> okay. <laughs> take a moment to breathe that in. Yeah, let's just take a moment. <laughs> mm -hmm. mm. How does it feel to be powerful? How does it feel to be worthy? How does it feel to have that juicy life force energy flowing through you in every moment? Hmm. That life force is what heals your body. That life force is what heals your mind. That life force is what heals your emotional being. And it's yours. And no one can take it away from you unless you allow it. And that's powerful. And it's not about control, it's about learning how to master it, how to use it for the highest good, how to harness it, how to be with it. Absolutely. Remember, you volunteer to give this away. You don't, you're not forced to, and we'll get into that in the next episode yeah. of you. Because <laughs> you're not, you know, you really are volunteering to give your power away, and you have a right not to volunteer. Right. I rescind my volunteering. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it is interesting because I do, uh, just real quick, I do um, I do a lot of free service and sometimes I get to the point where it's like, okay, I I have a right to step back from that and to take care of myself. Absolutely, yeah. It's like too much volunteering sometimes. Absolutely. If you're not trading in money, you're going to trade in something at some point. Yeah. So I think everybody's just Time a little energy. overexcited about money and you yeah. shouldn't be making money to give to the world. Well, actually, I should be getting something in trade for yeah. my energy that I'm putting forth. Absolutely. You know? So that's all the that's money. That's a whole other topic. We that sure is. entire episode on that one. <laughs> sure could. <laughs> okay, well, I want to thank you, Rob, for being with me again. Um, this information is absolutely amazing, so I hope you guys will stay tuned and join us for the next episode. We'll be talking about jurisdiction, mm -hmm. and it just kind of cracks me up that I'm talking about this stuff. Yeah. Not Furthest from your, your <laughs> M.O. from what I ever thought I would be, but uh, Rob's the expert here. He's bringing forth the information, and I'm here to, you know, bring it out of him a little bit. Facilitate, yeah. yeah so... <laughs>
So if you guys want to be empowered, if you want to learn how to do the everyday empowerment thing, get away from being a doormat, learn how to activate your spiritual gifts, learn how to act and think powerfully in your everyday life, learn how to create powerfully, we are having the Unlock Your Power Retreat here in Sedona in October, October 19th through the 22nd. Go to creationtemple.com retreat and check it out. Feel into your heart. Feel if it calls to you. Feel if it's aligned for you. And feel if you are ready to be powerful. Because you're not going to come to this retreat just to check it out and play around. You're going to come to this retreat if you're really ready to activate your power and be powerful in your everyday life. And to clarify, when I talk about power, it's always about love, the true power of love. So it's not about the ego power. This is not this retreat isn't about, you know, taking an ego trip to become powerful. This is the true power of love, acting that activating that in your everyday life. So if that calls to you, go ahead to creationtemple.com slash retreat and register today and we look forward to seeing you there. Much love and we will see you in the next episode.